Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 30 of the RV Connects podcast. If you're new to the show, welcome. As always, I'm Melina, and together with my husband, Dan, and our tween and teen, we are the RV Connects, a Canadian family based in Southern Ontario who traverses all over North America on a part-time basis, and we are here to share our tips, tricks, and location reviews on both sides of the border from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Dan is a this week, but today we are dealing with a really, really great piece of listener mail. So it's almost like I have another co-host here today, except uh, all of the uh, conversation is still going to be in my voice. So this piece of mail is, I think, really, really important for people to hear, especially if you're new to RVing or perhaps nervous about upgrading to a larger rig, especially when you maybe aren't mechanically inclined or confident in those areas of RVing. And obviously, I thought this piece of mail was important enough to garner its own episode. I would like to thank Michael in Mississauga, Ontario, who took the time to write to us a little while ago. And he says, Hi, everybody, really enjoying listening to your podcast and learning a lot. My wife and I are empty nesters and pondering joining the RV community. We've been tent camping for 30 years and really like the idea of the glamour and the convenience of a small trailer we can pull behind our SUV. My only hesitation is that I am not a handy person when it comes to fixing or diagnosing mechanical and electrical issues. We've been watching a number of YouTube channels as well, and we get the feeling that things do go wrong quite regularly. And if you cannot take care of most of them yourself, your RV will end up costing you a lot more money and spending a lot of time at the dealer as opposed to camping. Is my concern unfounded? Am I being too paranoid? Can a mechanically uninclined person like myself RV? So I love this question. I love it because I know how intimidating it can be to upgrade to a unit where you know how absolutely nothing works. For us, when we went from tent camping where we absolutely insisted that we would never, ever, ever get any sort of trailer or RV to upgrading to a tent trailer to realizing we wanted a little more of that glamour as well and upgrading to a 30-foot trailer, you know, we thought we kind of knew what it was all about going from the pop-up to the RV-type travel trailer. And in some cases, you do get in over your head if you if you don't have enough of the information. And it is overwhelming when you run into problems that you might not know how to deal with. Now, luckily, we had a great dealer, we bought new, and they were really, really thorough in their walk arounds. But we know a lot of people don't get that benefit. So I am going to share the response I sent to Michael, and maybe talk about some of those points in a little more detail, because I think they're super important as well. So I said to Michael, I would say don't hesitate to jump into the RV life if you're not mechanically inclined. However, there are a few considerations you might want to make to ensure it's a smooth transition from tenting. We suggest if it's within your budget, try to buy new. Now I know COVID has changed the landscape. New trailers are really, really hard to find, especially if you're looking for a particular model. But strictly from a maintenance point of view, a new trailer under warranty is going to give you more peace of mind than a used unit if you don't want to be dealing with a lot of maintenance problems. But like we've said before in our episode on what to consider before you buy a new or used travel trailer is to be sure that you try and take possession at the beginning of a camping season or when you can get it out a few times before that camping season is over because the warranty does start ticking the moment you pick it up. 
and you want to use it to determine if there's any factory issues that need to be addressed before that warranty period is up. So again, if you buy new and you do have that walkthrough with a dealer, I know a lot of dealers are doing them. They'll just send you a YouTube video, which is fantastic because you can bookmark it and save it for later. But if you do get the benefit of doing that in person with a dealer, ask their permission if you can videotape it on your phone because you are going to find that's a very valuable resource to go back to if you can't remember things on the awning, you know, if it's an automatic retraction, if it gets too windy or, you know, what have you, all those bells and whistles that you might not be comfortable with or, or have dealt with before, you'll be able to go back and reference those later. Since they're pulling with an SUV, they'll be limited, obviously, in length and weight, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because if you're a mechanically uninclined person or you're not comfortable or you don't want all of those things that can break and go wrong then you can opt for a model that doesn't necessarily have a slide out to keep things simpler. So the less moving parts you have, the easier it's going to be to maintain or to deal with issues when they come along. Obviously, everyone's experience is a little bit different, but in the seven years we've owned our trailer, we've maybe had to replace a few light bulbs, the battery, and the tires all of which are regular maintenance items. The only repair, and I'm like knocking on wood right now, that we've had to complete that wasn't in that schedule of regular maintenance is the water pump, which was a few hundred dollars to replace. But when you spread that over the amount of years we've owned our trailer and the maintenance costs that we've had, they're really, really small compared to, you know, the thousands of miles we've put on our unit. The only thing we've had to do is set aside a fund to make sure that after almost 30,000 kilometers that we've had the maintenance fund to make sure that we're keeping the truck in tip-top shape, that we can continue to pull the trailer all of these long distances. I would say as long as you can get a handle on how to run the furnace, the black and the gray water system, and the water heater, all of which are fairly simple, that's where 99% of any issues are going to occur. Now, that being said, those are also the issues you're going to find the most information out there on how to fix. YouTube, uh, things like Facebook groups. We're part of a great Facebook group called RV Camping for Newbies. And people come on there every day and they ask questions. And I would say those those issues are the ones that are absolutely most asked about. And they're the information on how to deal with them and fix them specifically for a make, model, etc. that you might own, the information out there is fantastic. So you will find a way to fix it. And they're fairly easy to fix once you can diagnose the issue. And there's so many people out there to help you diagnose that issue. Okay, so that being said, the regular maintenance that you're going to do to your trailer is super critical. So you're going to have to do the must do tasks to protect your investment, making sure you're physically capable of doing tasks like checking and resealing the caulk and the lap sealant around seams and windows and skylights at least once a season, if not more, sanitizing your freshwater system, we do it twice a season if we're camping a lot, you know, making sure your your slide outs are lubricated uh, and the seals around the slide outs are lubricated to prevent problems. You know, all of those little things that are just um, kind of a tick in the box maintenance item. It doesn't take long for those type of tasks to cause damage if they're not dealt with properly or promptly, I guess. That said, it's also pretty cost effective to delegate some of those tasks that you just don't want to do or don't feel comfortable doing at the end of the season, like winterizing your rig. That can tend to get pretty complicated if you have multiple tanks and, you know, a lot of faucets and 
um, you know, how to bypass the water heater and all that kind of stuff. It does get a little more technical than, you know, slapping some sealant on the roof of your trailer. But, you know, we tend to pay to have it done at our local dealer winterizing, not because we can't do it, but because we just lack the time. And it's less than $150 for us to go ahead and winterize the trailer. We always like to say, if you can put together Ikea furniture, you can RV. You know, as long as you're comfortable with those maintenance tasks that I mentioned, you're going to be fine. Now, that's not to say that things won't go wrong, because absolutely they will go wrong. And that's sort of that badge of honor that RVers have, whether it's the capacity to deal with a blown tire, which again, you know, I think it's probably you're more critical to understand how to safely navigate that trailer to the side of the road, but you don't necessarily need to know how to change it. Uh, If you've got AAA or CAA or another roadside service and you have time to kill and that's, you know, hey, you have a trailer behind you, you have snacks in it, you sit in your truck and you wait for somebody to arrive and uh, you don't necessarily have to have it. It's a great idea to learn how to do some of those tasks. But again, it's not something that's going to absolutely prevent you from entering into the RV community. And we talk a lot about, you know, issues like backing in the trailer. If you get to, we've never been to an RV park or a state park or a provincial park where if it's been tricky to back in, we have not had at least, you know, four or five people come out from their campsites to help us. And there's always somebody around. We've locked our keys in our trailer and uh, had to have assistance from other people who had the same type of key as us to get into you know, a locked compartment. And that's what the community is about. I think if I can hit one thing home, it's that this group of people is an absolute group of community. Somebody is always willing to reach out and lend a hand. And that's how you learn. I would say if you're new to this, and you're not mechanically inclined, you know, there's nothing more exciting than surmounting that first challenge where something goes wrong, and you're able to actually backtrack the problem and diagnose it and maybe patch it up. And if you can't, patch it up, that doesn't necessarily mean that your trip is a total write-off. I remember one time we had guests staying in our trailer. We had the girls and the children of our guests enrolled in a dance competition. And midway through that trip, when everyone's practicing, they're getting ready, they're getting their kilts on to go to this Highland Games to have a good time. And water just completely starts pouring out of the bottom of the trailer. And that's when our water pump broke, like I mentioned earlier. And we didn't have the time to figure it out. And the trailer was almost brand new at that point. I mean, the warranty was over, but we had no idea, you know, how to fix it quickly. And we were kind of like on our way out of the campground. So what did we do? We just shut the water off for the remainder of the trip. It was only a weekend trip. We used bottled water or jugs of water from the tap in the campground to flush the toilet. And we brushed our teeth and used the showers at the bathhouse. And we dealt with it when we got home. We let it air out. We um, figured out that the water pump needed to be replaced. We took it into the dealer and they got it done. So, you know, that really could have been a damper on the camping trip, but we just kind of shrugged our shoulders and said, okay, well, we wouldn't have had water if we were in the tent anyway, or in the in the trailer, in the tent trailer. So whatever, we can't do anything about it. Let's just enjoy the trip and get home. So I think that's kind of like the key. I just, it, it breaks my heart when I hear people say, oh, I could never get into RVing because we just, you know, we can't like turn a screwdriver. It, it doesn't matter if you have the need and the want and the desire to get out there and experience nature. I think doing it in an RV is a great way to do it. And if you're worried about it, go ahead and rent something, rent a trailer 
trailer, rent an RV and give it a try. That's all you can do. So that is why this letter I think was super important for me to share. I know it's a bit of a different episode for us and it might just be me ranting on, but I'm really passionate about it. And the more people we can get out there, I think the better the world will be. I think there's so many benefits to RVing. So what about you? I would like to hear from each and every one of you. If there is tips that you want to share for people or things I haven't mentioned that you've encountered as newbies or want to pass on or just those nuggets of wisdom you hold in your back pocket and always tell people if they have questions, you know, send them to us. Send us a message on Instagram or email us at hello at rvconnects.com or reach out on Facebook. You can message us on Messenger. And let us know because I will share those on our social media. I'll do up a post maybe on the blog and link to it on our accounts. And I will share all of your tips as well because the more we can encourage people to get out there, I think the better it will be. So thanks for joining us. I know that was a bit of a shorter episode, but uh, a really important topic. And we will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Bye. Bye.